Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. If you're new to our church, I'm normally a handheld kind of preacher, but uh, today I have so many uh, illustrations. I needed to be hands-free. I can throw something at you, or you can throw something at me today. So anyway... Uh, going to be a good, good day. Most life's ba- most of life's battles, we said this last week, most of life's battles are won and lost where? In your mind. Most of your battles in your life, most of them are not relationship battles. Most of them are not people problems. Most of them are not situations at work. Most of my battles in my life are won and lost in my mind. And we said last week, you don't need a better mind. You need the mind of Christ. Say amen to that. You need a brand new mind. You don't just need a little incremental better you. You need a whole new way of thinking in my life. I don't need to keep thinking like I thought. I don't need to keep thinking my thoughts. I need the mind of Christ. Say amen to that. So our theme verse, if you have your Bibles, Philippians, the second chapter, Philippians 2 and 5 is this. You can read it along with me on the screen. The Bible says, let this, everybody say the next word, let this what? Let this mind be in you is also in Christ Jesus. In other words, you can have the mind of Christ. You are not destined to be a prisoner to your own thought life. You are not destined to only have the thoughts you have, only be able to think like you think, only be able to think like you're raised to think. Listen, some of you were raised in negative atmospheres or angry homes or yelling and cussing and fussing and carrying on, and you think, well, this is just how it is. This is how it's always going to be. It doesn't always have to be how it's always been. You can change. Say amen. You can change. You can change. If you don't catch anything else I tell you today, hear this. You can change. You can change it. Well, I'm old. I've been doing this 50 years, 60 years. This is just how I am. Well, how you am ain't good. And you can change. I meet with couples, not y'all, but people in second service, people that sleep in, that tell me, and, and, and marriage, it's talking through their relationships, well, pastor, this is how I've always been. Well, then change how you've always been. Well, she knew who I was when she married me. Well, he knew how I was when we got together. Just because that's how you was when you were 22, 23, 19, 18, you shouldn't have got married that young anyway. If just because you are how you are at 25 doesn't mean that's how you need to be at 45. You need to keep evolving and changing and growing and your life moving forward. Say amen to that. All right, so this week, I want to help you on the condition of your mind. And I got to teach you through how your mind works. And today's going to be more teaching than preaching, and I hope you're okay with that. Uh, I'll get back to... Uh, who I am uh, in, in the coming weeks, but I want to give you some illustration about how your mind uh, works today. And if you're new here, you may have never seen this, but this is an illustration I used in a previous series. I'm going to use it again today. And this is the best illustration I know how to give you about who your mind is and how your mind works. You were created by God. Say amen to that. And when you were created by God, you were created in God's image. And God is triune in his manifestation. Father, Son, and Spirit 
He is tri- you can't separate his oneness. You can't separate his threeness. He is triune in his manifestation. And because he created you and created me in his image, he created us triune in our manifestation. In other words, we are triune beings. We are body, soul, and spirit. I didn't put it on the screen, but you need to write it in your notes. We are body, soul, and spirit. And this is the best illustration I know how to give you. Your body is the container. It's the container. In, in the Bible, you'll see it oftentimes called your flesh. As a matter of fact, there's a lot in the New Testament that it would talk about battling your flesh or getting your flesh under control. That's this container. That's what holds all the rest of you. Listen, you are not your body. Can I get a better amen for that? Especially all the short people in the room. You are not your... When I go to heaven, I'm going to be six foot four and I'm going to be skinny and I'm going to play... Be- Come on, hallelujah. All you tall, good-looking brothers are getting short, okay? God's going to even the score. I'm looking at you, Ryan. God's going to even the score. But your body is not you. You are contained in your body. You see the water? I know it's not, it's not the easiest to see, but the water is your, everybody say spirit. Your spirit is what returns to God. Your spirit is actually the only part of you that gets born again. It's the only part of you that gets saved. I wish my flesh got saved. When you give your heart to Jesus, I wish God immediately made me six foot two and better looking, but he doesn't. He doesn't change your flesh when you get saved. When you get born again, your spirit, that water, that's the only part of you. As a matter of fact, not in my notes, but let me teach it this way. When you die, it's your spirit that's poured out. This body stays right where it is, returns back to dust. It doesn't go anywhere. Your spirit lives forever. Are you with me so far? But inside of your spirit, you have a soul. Everybody say, my soul. And your soul, don't get lost in all of this. Your soul is three, just like you are three. Your soul is made up of your will, your emotions, and your mind. Your mind is a part of your soul. Now, I know you may have heard these interconnected. You've heard these terms all interconnected and Well, God saved my soul. Actually, God didn't save your soul. He saved your spirit. I know what you meant, but but I just want to give you better language for it, and I want to help you. I've been using this for a while. I'm probably going to use this for a long time to help you understand how God created you because this is the process of sanctification. Listen, this is God making you more like Jesus when you get saved. Your spirit's the only part of you that gets saved, but your soul, your will, your emotions, and your mind, and your flesh, they have to catch up. They have to catch up. So say it out loud like this. Say, I am a spirit who has a soul who lives in a body. I am a spirit who has a soul who lives in a body. Nobody's saying anything on this side of the room. I am a spirit who has a soul who lives in a body. Now, when you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes into your life. And the Holy Spirit only, listen, when it saves you, when, he, when the Bible says you are sealed at the moment of salvation by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit affects your spirit. He moves it, there, little Holy Spirit there. This is a little revival Holy Spirit right there. There's two drops in that one. There's Holy Spirit on that side, little Holy Spirit on the back side back here. Some of y'all need extra Holy Spirit over here. <laughs> 
Some of you need Holy Spirit on that side over there. Some Holy Spirit. Now look. Now watch. The Holy Spirit is affecting what part of you? What part of you? That's the only part of you that gets saved. But it's surrounding your what? My soul. Now does the Holy Spirit change my soul? Look at me. No. The Holy Spirit, he only has four jobs. Not in my notes, but you can write this down. He only has four roles. The Holy Spirit only has four roles. He guides you. He, the Holy Spirit is there to guide you. The Bible calls him a guide. He leads you. He comforts you. And he counsels you. That's what he does. He leads you. He guides you. He comforts you. And he counsels you. Does he change your soul? No. He leads you that your spirit changes your soul. Does he change your mind? He does not. But he leads your spirit, guides your spirit, enables you to take control of your mind. He is surrounding, are you with me everybody? He's surrounding my soul. The youest you, the most you that is you in your youest you is your soul. It's your personality. It's your will. It's why I do what I do. It's my emotions. It's where my mind is. The reason I'm teaching you this again is because your mind is a part of your soul. And, and when you get saved, your spirit is made perfect. The spirit is renewed. The spirit is empowered. But the Holy Spirit does not change your soul. Look at me. You are responsible for the condition of your soul. Which means you're responsible for the condition of your, your mind. Well, pastor, that's just how I think about it. Well, change how you think about it. Well, pastor, this is just the way I think. Okay, I appreciate that. I've been thinking this way for a long time. I've had this emotional struggle for a long time. I've always battled this. This has always been a stronghold in my life. I'm not picking on you. I'm not telling you that's wrong. I am telling you that when the Holy Spirit, when you give Him access in your life, He will help you change your mind. He'll help you. If you'll let the Holy Spirit, He'll surround your mind and you can surrender but you are responsible. The condition of your mind is the greatest influence on your life. If you get your soul right, your life goes right. If you learn to steward your will, your emotions, and your mind. If you'll learn to submit your will, your emotions, and your mind to the Spirit of God, He will change. He will help you change your mind. Third John 1 and 2. Why is this all important? Tell me why this is important to me, Pastor. Tell me, t t t tell me how my, my, my will, my emotions, my mind, tell me why that whole thing's important. I'll show it to you in God's Word. Third John 1 and 2. The Bible says it like this. Beloved, I pray that you may, everybody say prosper. prosper. I pray that you prosper in. I pray that you prosper in. What a life that everything you touch prospers. What a life, leave that verse up, that everything you touch prospers, that my marriage is prospering, my parenting is prospering, my job is prospering, my spiritual life is prospering, my 
thought life is prospering, my emotional health is prospering, that every part of me is prospering. And, and the Bible said, Third John said, that's what I want for you. I want you to prosper in all things and to be in what? To be in what? Say it aloud. To be in what? The Bible talks about mental health. I want you to be in solid, prospering, good, stable mental health. How? As your soul prospers. Now, I just unlocked for you the key to living your life untethered, unchained to how you are naturally bent. I'm naturally angry. I'm naturally negative. I naturally have problems in this area. The Bible says you'll have prospering in everything you touch, and you'll be in good mental health. God's will is for you to prosper in your health, but you have to get your soul right. Say amen to that. That's why it matters. Yeah, I want to thank God. First of all, I didn't spill the food coloring all over me. Thank, thank God for that right now. The Holy Spirit stained my fingers last time I did this illustration, so I thank God for that. Now, here's the problem. I'm going to give you a problem. I'm going to help you on the solution today, and then I'm going to pray for you, and we're going to go home. Here's the problem. Write this in your notes. Your soul has a negative bias. The problem, now, I, this isn't up for debate. This isn't about, what. no, that's just not how I am. This is how you am. All of us am. My soul, your soul, your mind, your emotions, your will has a negative bias. Your mind has a negative bias. It favors the negative. It leans toward the negative. And here's the concerning part. It traps and holds on to the negative. I'll show it to you in a lot of different ways. When you got up this morning and looked at the mirror, the first thing you saw was what was wrong with you. I'll give it to you better than that. Some of y'all don't have mirrors. It's obvious. So I'll tell you. I'm kidding. 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 kidding, kidding. I'll tell it to you in a language. If you're under 40, you'll understand this. When somebody takes a picture of you, you always say, hey, can I, can I see that? When you look in that picture, you don't care one bit if 13 other people in that picture look good. You're looking at who? You. And if I don't look good, you know what you say? Oh, that's not good. That's not a good one. Let's do another one. I don't know why it is, but about 10 or 15 years ago, women's legs started bending like this. Have you all noticed that? It's a balancing thing. I don't know. Email me and let me know why your legs do that. Men's legs just stand straight. I don't know why. You don't care what anybody else in the picture looks like. You care about what you look like. And you almost never think, well, that's a good one to me. Why? Because your mind, your soul has a negative bias. It has a negative bias. It leans negative and, listen to me, it traps negativity. Your mind, write this in your notes, your mind is sticky. Your soul and your mind are sticky. They're sticky. 
And some things get stuck in your mind. And the stuff that gets stuck is the negative things of your life. I'm teaching you today how to, how to control your mind and change your mind. It's the difficult things, the negative experiences that get stuck in your mind. You can go to a restaurant ten times and have an amazing experience. One time you have a negative experience, you don't ever want to go back again. It gets stuck in your mind. Many years ago, when I say many years ago, I mean 15, 18 years ago, 15 years ago maybe, 16, 17, long time ago. Brandy and I went on a date night just outside of New Orleans. We lived in South Mississippi, and we would go to New Orleans often for date night. And we went, there's a suburb outside of New Orleans on the North Shore called Covington, Louisiana. And it was a beautiful little area, and we walked downtown that day. We'd enjoyed ourselves in Covington, Louisiana. And we go to this little restaurant we had looked up. There was actually the Internet that long ago, and we had looked up this Thai food restaurant. Where's the, everybody loves Thai food. Where are you at? Good. This Thai food restaurant. So we go to this little restaurant with a little date night, and, you know, it's, man, there's candles, and it's a whole little thing, and we eat Thai food. And, and, and we lived about 45 minutes or so from Covington, and so we're in the car ride home, and it starts to happen. I'm going to spare you the details, but suffice to say, it happened all night long. Are y'all with me on this, everybody? That Thai food hated me with all of its life, and I hated that Thai food with all of my life. For about 12 or 15 hours after that, I became intimately close to the bathroom in our house. Awful, awful, awful. My hand before Almighty God, from that day till the day I stand in front of you, I have not eaten Thai food. Not one time. Not one time. I'll go other places. I'll eat other Asian types of food. I'm not going into a Thai food. Don't ask me over for Thai food. Don't pay for me to go to Thai food. I'm not going with you. We're not ordering Thai food in. I'm not going. Why? It doesn't matter how good the experiences were. The one is what sticks. Are you with me? The one's what sticks. The one's what sticks. If you get five compliments today, boy, you look good today. Your hair looks good today. Man, are you losing weight today? I love what you're wearing today. You look fantastic today. I'm so glad you're part of this church. You get five compliments and one person says, what are you wearing? Do you remember the five or the one? Let me show it to you like this. I have an illustration. Let me show it to you like this. Your mind is sticky. Your mind is sticky. It is tough. And there's a coat of many colors to show you that way. Everybody give Riley a big hand. Hey, by the way, turn around, face here, Riley. Face the no, other way. There you go. Riley's, on, uh, Riley's one of our students. If you didn't notice today, there were students serving for the first time on the stage. There were students serving for the first time at ushering and students helping. Hey. Not what I'm teaching, but let me teach you this. You don't have to wait to be great. God's called you. This church, you don't have to wait to be great. You don't have to go to seminary. You don't have to figure it all out. You don't have to be 45. We're going to empower. We're going to build a house for the next generation. Say amen to that. Amen. Your mind is sticky. Now listen to me. Listen to this. Your mind is such that it traps negative things like Velcro 
and it repels positive things like Teflon. You know what Teflon is? Teflon's that stuff on a, you know, you crack an egg and it doesn't stick to it. It just slides right off. Everybody know what that is? Your mind is built such that it traps negative things like Velcro and it repels positive things like Teflon. Somebody comes up to you today and says, you did a fantastic job. I'm teaching you. Don't, don't miss this illustration because it looks like the coat of many colors. Somebody comes up to you today at work and says, you did a fantastic job on this project. And it falls right away. Somebody comes up to you at church and says, I am so glad you're a part of this church. Nothing. Somebody comes up to you and says, you know what? You are in your gift. You are made for this role. Nothing. Somebody comes up to you and says, I am so, this is going well. You're doing amazing. I'm proud of you. Bounces right off of you. I can't believe how much progress you've made. You're growing. Your life is growing. Nothing. Bounces right off of you. I am so, our marriage is getting better. You're making progress. Things are changing. I'm thankful. Nothing. I'm so, I'm thankful for you. You're an amazing asset to this company. I'm glad you're on this team. You don't hold it. One person says, hey, I'm thinking we need to make a change. And it sticks. One person says to you, hey, I, I don't know if this is going like we thought it was. And it sticks to you. Ten other compliments Ten other things happen in your life. Ten other good seasons. An amazing first part of the year bounces off of you. One tough month at work, can't get rid of it. I, the, the, God is answering in your life. God's, you've got progress. God's healing. There's some movement in your life. You don't remember any of that. You get one setback. And it sticks to your life. Now here's the problem. Listen to me. Here's the problem. The problem is that bitterness and anger and frustration and insecurity and negativity and skepticism and hatred and anger and I can't control sticks to you. And before long, look at me. I know it's silly. I came up with it late at night. I know it's crazy. <laughs> Look at me. Before long, you are you only held on to the negative. And then you get up one Sunday morning and you think, why am I like I am? Why is my life moving in a negative direction? Why, why are you hold on to insecurity? You hold on to hurt and pain. You hold on to abandonment. You hold on to harsh words. You hold on to offense. You hold on to disagreement. You hold it. Now, here's the tough part. Listen, I'm almost done. Here's the tough part about this illustration. You hold on to all the negative, and before long, your life fills up that you don't have room for the good things God wants to put in your life. Now, you can't even see good things because your life is sticky, your mind, all of that negative stuff has stuck in your 
life. It takes up space that God wants to give you good things and it bounces off of you like Teflon. God has stuff he wants to put in your life and you don't have any room for peace. You don't have any room for joy. You don't have any room for happiness and blessing and forgiveness and security. And you can't fit anything else in your mind except for this isn't going well. I can't believe. Oh, Jesus. That one bounced off. Are you, does this help anybody? Give Riley a big hand. You're not going to believe this, but Riley's in drama at her high school. <laughs> Look at me. Listen to me. I know it's a silly illustration. I've wrestled all week with it. I told the team, this is stupid. It's my idea. It was dumb. But listen to me. I got to show you why it is you fight with your husband so much. Why counseling isn't working for you. It's because you've decided to let all the negativity stick. Why you're frustrated from this job and the job before this and the job before that and the place before this. Why the team you're currently on isn't good and the team before that and the team before that. Why the relationship that you're currently in isn't working and the one before that failed and the one before that. Why? Because your life is accumulating negative things and it stays there and you don't have any room for good things. And listen, here's the sad thing. What sticks in your mind becomes your identity. It becomes your personality. It becomes your, here's a word I haven't used yet. Listen, listen to me. It becomes your mood. All the moody people just look straight at me. It becomes your mood. And somebody interacts with you and they go, I don't know what it is, but something just ain't right. I don't know. That guy just rubs me the wrong way. I can't work with them. I can't work with her. I, can't, I don't know what it is about them, but something's just not right. It's a, it becomes your identity and personality that you were never meant to be. God never created you that way. Just all that negativity got stuck in your soul. Got stuck in your soul. I'll, I'll teach it to you like this. How many of you love the British royal family? Where's all, my, where's all my British royal family people? I love it. Now listen, I've been a little bit critical of a member of the royal family, but as I was praying and thinking about this message, I thought about Prince Harry. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, you know this, stepped away from the British royal family, and I love it. I watched the coronation of King Charles, and I watched the funeral of Queen Elizabeth, and, and I've watched this thing play out in public discourse about Harry and Megan, and not long ago, a couple of years ago, Prince Harry released a book titled Spare. I think we have a picture of it. Reti the, the, the book is titled Spare. It's a picture of his face, and the word underneath it, look at this, the word underneath it is spare. Now, leave the picture up. Listen to me. This guy was born into ultimate privilege. The top 1% of top 1%. The, uh, generationally, the longest reigning monarch on planet Earth is the, is the British throne. Over a thousand years of continual reign in, in, this, in the house of Windsor, in, in the British throne. And this guy is born into that family. Born into palaces, born into castles, born into privilege, top 1%. But listen, look at me, but he's born second, not first. And so somewhere along the way, somebody in the news called him 
called him what? Look at me. And it stuck. Now, this guy approved this book. He actually wrote it or says he wrote it. I'm not sure. This guy approved this book cover. His face on it. He could have put blessed on the bottom. He could have said, my first book, I'm going to call it happy. My first book, I'm going to call it whole. My first book about me, I'm going to say how incredible my life has been. My first book, I'm going to say I can't believe I got to be here. But none of that stuff stuck in his life because of his birth order. It was stuck that he is the... And in your life, you'll end up taking the identity of the negativity that sticks to your life. And you'll become the moody one. You'll become the one nobody can work with. You'll become the one nobody can stay married to. You'll become the one nobody can be in a relationship with. You'll become the one that changes jobs, changes departments, changes churches, keep moving around. Why? Because the negativity stuck in my life. And God wants to fill your soul, your mind with good things, but you have to let go of negative assumptions and negative things in your mind. You've got to let it go. 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 So let me give you the solution. I preached this whole time about the problem. I've got to give you a solution. Write this down in your notes. My soul. What, what, has, what, what is your soul? It's made up of your what? Will and your, and your, your soul needs to be read it needs to be led, and it needs to be fed. Your mind, your emotions, your soul needs to be read, it needs to be led, and it needs to be fed. Said out loud, my soul needs to be read, and it needs to be, and it needs to be my soul. If you don't remember anything, I want this to be the thing that burns into your heart. My soul needs to be and it needs to be, and it needs to be, my soul needs to be read, and it needs to be led, and it needs to be fed. Your soul, your mind is your responsibility, and you can't just say, well, Holy Spirit, I thought when I got saved, everything was changing. No, because this part of me, the deepest part of me, my inmost being, that part of me that's the youest you, your will, your emotions, and your mind you are responsible for reading your soul, leading your soul, and feeding your soul. Say amen to that. You are responsible for once and for all ripping off the negativity of your mind. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm just helping you. This is free. I'm not charging you like a counselor. But when you go to counseling, at some point in all of your complaining about your boss, your spouse, your kids, your mama... Your daddy, this one, that one, this church, that. And I'm not telling, I, I got a counselor. I'm not talking about anything about counseling. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not but I'm just telling you, at some point in that, your counselor is going to look at you and tell you, you are responsible for only you. At some point, you don't think like that because that person on your job made you think like that. Well, I only responded that way because that's how they did. No, you are responsible for reading and leading and feeding your own soul. Well, I only respond because this is what they do. Nope. I only act up because this is how they do. Not possible. I only say this because she said that and he does this and it sets me off and pushes my buttons. And then I get 
triggered. Let me go ahead, since I'm off in it, I'll go ahead and tell you, there is no such thing. I know it's popular. I know it's all over social media. I know some of you have said it, but there's no such thing as being triggered by somebody else. What that means is you didn't control your own soul. Nobody can trigger this because this is you. I didn't put nobody else's name in here. It's you. It's me. Psalms 103 and 2 says, Praise the Lord, my soul, and do what? And forget not all his benefits. Praise the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Who does all of these things for me? Here's what the Holy Spirit does for me He forgives. He forgives all of my sins, heals all my diseases, redeems my life from the pit, crowns me with love and compassion, satisfies my desires with good things. Look at me. God has good things He wants to give you. But you have to control your soul. Your soul has to be read, has to be led, has to be fed. You got to be intentional about the good stuff. Is go I'm going to hold on to that, and I am not going to hold on to the negativity of my life. You're what, Pastor? You don't know what they did. I am not letting that go. Fine, but you don't have any room for the good things that God wants to give you. I am not changing. I am tired of taking the high road. Fine. Take the low road. Cuss them out. Leave. Quit. Divorce. When you sit up in your bed late at night, you'll know. God had stuff to get. God had healing and help. And he had good things to pour into your life. You just have to decide what gets access to my soul. I'm justified. You probably are. I'm right. You probably are. An old wise friend of mine who's already gone to heaven said one time, you can be right or you can be happy, but sometimes you can't be both. And some people are so intent on being right that they're miserable because they let all this negativity just... I'm right about it. You are, but you're miserable. I've just decided to let all that go. How are you going to do it? I'm glad you asked. You got to read, lead, and feed your soul. I got to give you this in two minutes. You got to write fast. Are you going to write fast? Psalm 42 and 5. Here it is. I'm going to give you the whole message in this one verse. Psalm 42 and 5. Why, my soul, are you downcast? And why are you so disturbed within me? What's he doing? He's reading his soul. Are you with me? David, in a, in a difficult time in his life, he's being chased by King Saul, after him, trying to kill him, throwing spears at him, trying to take him out. And David doesn't blame Saul, doesn't blame my boss, doesn't blame my coworker, doesn't blame my spouse, doesn't blame this job, that department, this church. David looks on the inside and says, Saul, what's going on with you? He's reading 
his soul. He's reading his soul. Put your hope in God. What's, what's he doing? He's leading his soul. He didn't ask his soul, do you feel okay today? Some people wake up and go, I just, I just want to get in touch with my feelings. I don't. I want to tell my feelings what to feel. Well, this is just, this is just, this is, I can't get rid. No, I can. Well, I just, it's, it's just, it's a mental block. Well, then get rid of it. Put your hope in God, for yet I will praise him, my Savior, my God. Three things, write them down really quick. Why my soul? Why my soul? Why, you need to ask yourself, why do I think like I think? That's called reading your soul. Why am I thinking this way? Why is this? Why do I feel insecure? Why am I so angry? Why am I responding this way? Why am I retreating instead of go? Why am I isolating and running away? Why? Ask your soul. David is reading his own soul. Listen, this happened to you last week. I know it. There's somebody in the room. Somebody pulls out in front of you on the I 10, and brother, you give them the. I didn't use the word you used, but you look at me. And then immediately you feel like, where'd that come from? Why did that happen? Let me tell you why. Because you got up late. And you were running late to work. And you were trying to speed on to I-10. And somebody got there before you. Now that's a simple illustration, but I want you to look back over your life. Who are you pointing a finger at? Because you won't read your own soul. You say, Pastor, how do I read my soul? Well, I, the best way I know how is to ask somebody close to you, how's my soul? Ask your spouse. Ask a coworker. Ask a neighbor. Ask somebody in your office. Ask your husband, how, wh why, why do I do what I do? Why, wh wh what, what do you see in me? Well, honestly, I think you're negative. Honestly, I think you got an anger problem. Let me tell you the truth. Here's what I think is going on in your life. That's why the psalmist said, search me and know me and know my heart and see if there be any wicked way. Are you with me, everybody? You've got to read your soul. Number two, write it down. You've got to read your soul. Number two, put your hope in God. All one verse, Psalms 42 and 5, put your hope in God. What is David doing? He is leading his soul. You have to tell your mind what to think about I can't do that you can change I always see the negative you can change you got to tell your mind that's why the Bible says to set your mind on things above you know what set your mind means you got to tell your mind what to think about you got to walk into church and go, I will not see the negativity. You got to walk into your house and go, I will not talk about what's wrong here. You got to walk into the office and go, I will not talk about how they messed up and what their problem is. You got to lead your soul. You got to lead your mind. I am not insecure. I am not holding on to this offense. I am not holding on to the negativity of my life. Put your hope in God.
God. Soul, you are not in control. Listen, I know you feel like you are, but you're not in control. You got to read your mind, read your soul. You got to lead your soul. Here's the last one, and I'll pray for you. You got to feed your soul. The Bible says, For yet, Psalms 42 and 5, for yet I will praise God. What's David doing? He's feeding his soul. Hey, let me teach you this. The best way to get rid of negativity in your life is gratitude. If you'll develop a thankful, gracious heart of gratitude, you will feed your soul, and before long, you'll start seeing good things. Before long, you'll go to a Thai food restaurant and think, this was good. We may need to go eat Thai food today, baby. This may be healing for me. I'm not, but I may. You've got to feed your soul. Can I tell you a story? A rancher was told. Notice that his horse was limping, favoring one of his legs. He walked out to the horse in the pasture and horse is staying really close to the fence, but favoring one of his front legs. The old rancher gets down on his hands and knees, puts his hand around that leg and realizes it's bloody, it's bruised. There's, 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 there's a sore there. There's a wound there. And then he looks over and realizes the fence is broken at the bottom too. The horse has kicked the fence. The horse has kicked the fence. And it's, and it's, and it's hurt his leg. It's bruised his leg up. So the old rancher bandages the leg of the horse up, pats him on the back, check on you tomorrow. Goes out tomorrow, still limping. Next day, next day, a week from then, it's not getting any better. As a matter of fact, the horse is slowing down. It's getting worse. So he calls the vet. He says, I don't know what's happening to the horse. He obviously kicked the fence. I could see that, but he hurt his leg. And, and we don't know. So the vet comes, undoes the bandage, and says, I, yeah, he's, he's hurt it. I'm going to put more medicine on the top of it. I'm, I got some stuff. I got some medicine. We'll give him orally. We'll bandage it back up. This goes on for weeks. The vet comes out once a week. It's not getting any better. The veterinarian finally tells the rancher, I'm going to have to put the horse under anesthesia, and we're going to have to look further than this. Takes the bandage off, puts the horse under anesthesia. When he unwraps the bandage and the horse is completely out, he opens up and realizes there's a long sliver of wood underneath the skin of the horse's leg. Look at me. A month ago, the horse kicked the fence, but the fence got into the horse. There's some stuff in your life that you've been bandaging and applying topical cream to heal. You can, we, we, we have these problems. We run into fences. We run into tough stuff. We have problems. Things go, th things go bad. And the, listen to me. And the soul holds on to a piece of the fence. And what happened to you is now in you. And your mind, your soul is holding on to it. And it affects how you walk, and it affects how you talk, 
It's affecting the choices you make. Listen to me. The people around you know something's not right. Something's wrong. It's because it got inside of me. I just want to challenge you today. You can make a decision today. I have to empty this soul of all of that negativity. My mind, my heart, my will, my emotions. I'm going to surrender to the Holy Spirit. And i got to clean that stuff out. Amen, everybody? Bow your heads for prayer. In a moment of honesty, nobody's looking around. Would you just would you just be honest with God? You don't have to be honest with me. But would you be honest with God and say there's something stuck inside of my soul? There's there's negativity stuck. There's an offense, there's hurt, there's anger, there's bitterness. If that's you, would you just raise your hand and say, That's me? Include me in this final prayer. That's me. I see it. I see it. Keep your hand up. I want the Lord to see. It's stuck. This this word, this thing that was done to me, this problem, I ran into the fence. Now it's in me. Stuck into my soul. Stuck in my mind. I can't get past this negativity. I can't get past this problem. I can't get past this offense. So Holy Spirit, I pray for every hand that's raised. I pray for hurting people in the room today. God, I pray you'll do what we can't do, and that's on the inside of my mind. Would you heal? God, I've tried to apply some stuff on the outside, some topical stuff, some bandages. But honestly, this is an inside job. There's something in my mind and my soul that's hurting, that's stuck. There's an offense. There's bitterness, hatred, insecurity, harsh words got stuck in my soul so I give it to you now come on you got to surrender that to the Holy Spirit God I give it to you God I give it to you completely and holy God I'm asking you to remove that thing God I'm asking you all that stuff that got stuck in my mind would you remove it would you heal me today and nobody moving if you need to give your heart to the Lord I want to give you a chance to do that you've never surrendered your heart completely to Jesus I want to lead you in a prayer of surrender. Everybody praying out loud, say, Lord Jesus, thank you for the cross. Help me to remember the benefits that you forgive all of my sin, heal all of my disease, redeem me from the pit. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again. I give you my heart today. Save me. Make me brand new. I'm going to serve you every day of my life. In Jesus' name. Everybody shout a big amen. Amen. Do you receive the word of the Lord today over your heart? Everybody, you receive God's word. Thank you for joining us today. And a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.